the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Thanks for joining Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Dr. Bob Bender. It's going to be an enriching time, challenging time. Remember, our mantra is we want to entertain, we want to equip, we want to encourage, and we want to enjoy ourselves along the way. Jeff Anderson, thanks for being on my program. Well, Dr. Bob, thank you. I'm looking forward to all of those E's you just talked about. <laughs> you bet. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we uh, dream in alliteration. You know pastures. You know pastures. I'll tell you what, sure. can't live without them, can't shoot them. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Help me think. Help me keep track of things. That's right. Easier, easier. Well, let's see here. What do we want to talk about? Let's talk about why don't you go to Tanzania with Beverly and me in May, May 11 to 21. We're going to go to to have a safari and have the more more fun than Christians ought to have. Go to retirementreformation.org and check us out and see if you would like to join us in Tanzania. Trip of a lifetime, spiritual encouragement, get some retirement info, particularly if you're retired, and then off we go every day with our guide to enjoy the wildebeests of Tanzania and the Serengeti. So hope you can join us, retirementreformation.org. Love to have you on this trip of a lifetime. We're also sponsoring a chip. To trip to Belize in April, and we take these trips, and we have fun, and we also double dip and ask God to use us while we are there. So check it out. Bob, have you been hey, in man. Tanzania before? I have not. I've never been to Africa. We did a mission trip in Tanzania one time. Wow. Right next to uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, that's where we fly in. It's just a gorgeous airport, gorgeous area. Yeah. And then that um, safari you talked about yeah. is spectacular. The yeah. animals are, the, are just really, really beautiful, really wonderful. Someone is going to have a great time coming with you on that trip. Well, I appreciate you promoting that. Amen. That was unsolicited. And God's, God's world's a great place. As more we can see it, better off we're going to be. Well, Jeff, I'm praying through numbers, and today I came across an unusual verse. You're very familiar with it. You're a pastor. Numbers 12.3. I'm reading through numbers, and kind of there's an insert there. In fact, in my version, it has it in parens. Now, Moses was the most humble man Mm -hmm. who ever lived. Wow. Now, Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. And before I get into the spiritual application, Jeff, you know, Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. So here we are, 
Moses right now, Jesus, if he can say he's meek and lowly, you know, and the meekest of men, I can get that. He's the son of God. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like you and me standing up on Sunday morning and bragging about how humble we are. You know, you heard about the, you heard about the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> he bragging about his humility. He says, yeah, I've, I've written a book or two. And uh, I wrote a book, uh, The Ten Most Humble People in the World and How I Met the Other Nine. <laughs> and then my, my, my sequel is Humility and How I Attained It. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Us nice. pastors, we can sit. We can strut sitting down, Jeff. Man, well, I'm wondering if his wife wrote the preface for either of those books. Okay, now, now you're getting ahead. Now of we're me. meddling. Hey, this is my show, not yours. Settle down. So, I think, I think what happened, I think what happened, I believe, because it's in parens in the NASB, NASB has parens about it. Okay. I think Joshua added it. Okay. God wrote the Word of God, obviously, and he used people, and he used Moses to write the Pentateuch, I believe, with the exception of that one verse. Myself, it doesn't matter who wrote it, but I just believe, oh, Joshua, he slipped in here. Joshua knew Moses. Mm-hmm. Joshua knew Moses. Now, Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. So my challenge to you, listener, how humble are you? Mm-hmm. J- Jeff, to me, humility is recognizing God and others are responsible for everything I am and have. Wow. Let's think about that. Keeps you thankful, doesn't it? It does. And and humble and grateful. Mm-hmm. God and others are responsible for everything that I am and have. So I want to challenge you as a listener. Let's walk humbly with God. Let's walk humbly before people. Lord knows we could use a little bit of humility, especially the topic of the day mm-hmm. we're talking about with Jeff Anderson. So, Lord, keep us humble and help us to recognize everything comes from you, and we ought to humble ourselves before you and before others and just enjoy life a little better and and just seek to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, what, Bob, what a great amen. verse right before the Super Bowl. I mean, we're going to see the Super Bowl this weekend. We are, yeah. And undoubtedly, there's going to be a, one of two quarterbacks who's going to get up and do an interview after the end of that game, and they're going to give credit to God. Yeah, are both of them believers? I think they are both believers. Yeah, they both Purdy. give pretty strong testimonies. I know Purdy, real strong, man. I don't know about Mahomes, but yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't we, hey? Eh? Give praise to God and, and recognize. Giving credit to others and giving credit to God. That's what you said. That's what humility is. That's a great it's definition. recognizing, hey, man, you and I, especially pastors, man, we're indebted to God's people, to God for everything we have and are, and we need to keep that attitude. I tell you, there's too much too much strutting going around. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. I don't yeah, remember where that verse good. is, but that's, that's the same, same principle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not sure if that's a parenthesis or not. I think that uh, I think that's in bold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Jeff Anderson. I remember you've been here how many years? You came you course well, I've been, been here my whole out, life. But, I pastored a church thirty two years as an adult. Wow, wow. You pastored Grace Bible how long? About twenty five years. About twenty five. Did you did you follow your dad? So what had happened yeah. is I did an internship. So, that, so my twenty five years included an internship and unpaid staff and just kind of a growing yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah. But my dad had pastored That's this church. He changed the name to Grace Bible Church. It had been an evangelical free church. Okay. Uh, out on Powers, which uh-huh. was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And he decided, hey, we're going to get a little bit more involved yeah. in town. They You're moved right. it to Academy Boulevard. The church began to grow. And then uh, when my dad decided to change directions, 
there was an opportunity for me to step in and be wow, the pastor. Wow, that's great. And I probably was the senior pastor for about 17 years, Bob. Oh, that's great. And you know how you know the benefit of that. Tell us, how long did you, were you as a senior pastor? And Bob, what do you think is the benefit of pastoring in one church for a long time? Oh, it's it's inestimable. I'm telling you, buddy, if you I tell senior pastors all the time, if you can make it through the fourth or fifth year, you can stay as long as you want, keep your nose clean. Uh-huh. It's just the, the, it's people getting getting used to you and and obviously your leadership and impact and merging with the DNA of that church. I call it, Jeff, Pastor A in church A in community A. You choose any any letter, any number you want. But yeah. it has to be have that synergy uh-huh. and stick it out and man, God, God bless his tenure, and thank you for sticking it out as long as you did. I was 19 years across fellowship, and uh, it's just it just pays off. Pays well, off. I can't imagine being in a different community. I mean, the value to me was having my kids raised in that church, uh, building relationships with soccer teams yep, and yep. schools. And I mean, sure. goodness, when you have a long term relationship like that, and Bob, I think it's becoming a little bit more common for yes, pastors to stay yep. long, especially Colorado. <laughs> well. John MacArthur, I think, just celebrated 55 years yeah, at yeah, his church in yeah. Southern California. I mean, goodness, that's 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 putting down some roots, my it friend. Is, it is. And the, the challenge when you leave, I remember the last graduating class as they walked by, you know, as I was congratulating the seniors at Cross Fellowship, you know, with – with tears in their eyes, they say, mm. "Pastor, you're the only you're the only pastor I've ever known." You know, you're wow. the only pastor I've ever known. So it's a love relationship. It's a love relationship. Well, my guess well, is you probably about, you hey. probably do some weddings for some of those kids, don't you think? Yeah. They're, they're well, still man, gonna yes, they're bet. still gonna they still consider you their pastor. Yeah, sure, sure. And weddings and funerals and stuff. Yeah. Well, enough about me. How do you feel about me, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and I, and I sure love what you've invested in our community. I mean, speaking as someone who's a native of Colorado Springs, Bob, when you came. You really embrace this community. That's a blessing, and so I thank you for that. Well, you bet. It's an easy community to embrace, and that's going to be the subject of our conversation. But I remember the first time I met you. I met you through your son. Mm-hmm. I was working out at the Y mm-hmm. and playing ball with your son. He said, you got to meet my dad. Huh. And so I met you then. You've been a dear friend, a loyal friend, faithful servant in our community for these years, and we're grateful for you, Jeff. Well, we're about going to go to a break here, but tell me, what's your position right now? What are you so, doing right now? I still serve Congressman Doug Lamborn. I do his faith community outreach. Okay. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Really, Bob, to still pastor is just that instead of pastoring a local church, I have the privilege of pastoring a whole community. Yes, and Congress do. pays me to do it. Hey, man, can't beat that. How many years have you been in this position? Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. And we're going to talk about... Doug Lamborn's resignation slash retirement, whatever. And we're going to unpack Jeff's position. And we're going to talk about this great community we live in and how we can make it better for the glory of God. But open the phone lines in a moment. Hang with us. See you in a bit. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, Colorado Springs. Thank you for joining us today. I have Jeff Anderson in the studio, senior advisor to Doug Lamborn. Jeff, what is it you do, man? I, well, I, hey, I, I, I appreciate what you do, whatever it is. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. What is it? True. True. Most people, they say, what does a senior advisor for faith-based outreach do? The biggest part of what I do, Bob, is I get to convene. I get to call the community together and say, let's address our biggest problems of our community 
and what we can do together rather than what everyone does. They kind of do things on their own. And I'll tell you, Bob, you know, I mean, Colorado Springs is this mecca for Christian organizations. A lot of people are here. But just like any anyone, we have a tendency to do our own thing. Yeah. And when we can come together, and the congressman's office is a great convening power to say, look, we're going to address student suicide, and we're going to do it together. We're going to get Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Young Life, Youth for Christ, the YMCA. We're going to get schools and mental health people, and we're going to get around the table, and we're going to decide what we can do better together rather than doing our own thing. And, and, and that has then launched into prison ministries that get together to talk about prison reform, uh, people who talk about affordable housing. I mean, you could just go on and on. I have the privilege of gathering Christians together to solve our biggest problems. Oh, that's great. And I can't say enough about our community. What a opportunity, a blessing we have to live in this community. And I think I mentioned earlier that Doug's predecessor, Joel Hefley, started First Baptist Black Forest. Man, well, you've mentioned that to me before. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that he was such a man of faith. Absolutely. He's still alive, living in Ardmore, Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoman. Okay. Came over here for 20 years. He and Lynn, I think Lynn served in the, in the, in the state office, if I believe correctly. But I think that that's true. But uh, hey, that's the legacy we have as a community and the opportunity we have to embrace who we are and make our city and our county more better. I'm thinking of Jeremiah 29.7, Jeff, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile in this verse, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. For So listeners, let's continue to pray for our city and continue to be the light and salt. Yeah. Isn't that kind of a verse you would use in your... Well, how do you see your role biblically? No there? doubt. Hey, look, if, if you want to use that verse and talk about how the Christians can be a blessing to a community, even if they even if they were taken by their enemies into a captivity, they could still be a blessing to their elected officials. So here's how I would view my position. You know, Daniel was an answer to that yeah. to that passage in Jeremiah, yeah. the instruction. Daniel went as a prisoner of war to Babylon. And when he got to Babylon, he found out that, that the king of Babylon had some troubles. He had some dreams. He had some things that were troubling him. And here's what the Bible says, that none of the wise men had any answers for what was troubling the king. I think that that's a pretty good description of what's going on in the world around us right now. I think Governor Polis has some troubles that none of the wise men around him have any solutions for. I think that that's true for our city. I think it's true for our nation. And I think that a God of wisdom and might, that's the other thing about Daniel chapter 2, a God of wisdom and might had some solutions And he provided those solutions through a man named Daniel. I think that God is going to give solutions to prison reform through Christians that are engaged with our government or with the Department of Corrections. I think that God is going to give solutions to justice reform through Christian police officers Mm -hmm. that are going to be able to to bring God's solutions into law enforcement. And I think that's true for every part of our life, Bob. Absolutely. Believers have the answer, and I I appreciate you being, being... Daniel to Doug and helping him being the right arm of his flesh and to to in, enable and enact some of his policies that are God honoring. Uh, Doug's a man of faith, correct? That's correct. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Amen. Well, We're and blessed. beyond a man of faith, he's a man of prayer. I mean, you, you wow, talked about wow. uh, earlier in the show. You talked about Moses being mm-hmm. a man of meekness or humility. Yeah, yeah. Another mark of humility is when you're really depending on the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Doug Lamborn, Jeannie Lamborn, those are people of prayer. And so they they make it a habit of gathering prayer warriors at least once a month to gather around them, lay hands on them, and pray for them. And so 
not only a man of faith, but a man of prayer. That's a blessing to work for a guy like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And we need to take that to heart and to pray for our mayor, Yemi, mm-hmm. man of faith. Sure. Pray for Doug. Pray for our representatives. Pray for our governor. Pray for our president. I mean, that's what we're called to do as Christ followers. And so we want to engage that, be faithful as believers in that way. Well, That's, that's true, Bob. And it's unequivocal, by yeah, the man. way, too. It doesn't matter if you agree with them politically yeah, sure, or not. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We are called to pray for all of those leaders that are in authority over us. Yeah, I mean, if Paul told, told Timothy to pray for the pagan governors, Caesars back then, we can certainly pray for ours. Well, the, as when Congressman Lamborn announced, was it a retirement or resignation? It's Which a, is it? It's a retirement. Okay, retirement. Yeah. After 20 years? Oh, not quite. 18 okay. years. Okay, 18. Yep. Uh, Joel was 20, so it's great just to have some longevity in that position as well as pastoring. Did it, it come? Did he tell you what's coming? Did it come as a surprise well, to I you? I had about a one-hour notice. I was totally shocked. Wow. So he wow. did a good job kind of keeping the lid on it and deciding what he really wanted to do. I was teasing my wife. Uh, the congressman was at my house watching a football game. That, so we enjoy spending some time together, leisure time like yeah. that. And I told my wife after, I said, man, the congressman seems so relaxed. I think that he's refreshed and raring to go. And I think he's looking forward to another four years in office. Boy, I missed that one, didn't I? <laughs> Two days later, he came back, and, and I realized he was that refreshed because he had come to peace saying, okay, right. I, I get to kind of go and spend some time with my family. Well, everything has a season. Wish we could hang on to him longer. But, hey, God has somebody else on the wings, and we shall proceed. Well, mm-hmm. talk about talk about some of the accomplishments in the seven years you've been here and the 17, 18 that Doug has been in this position? Sure. What's happened of a, of a good nature these, well, these years? Well, the, going back, the congressman really ac- accomplishes some very significant goals, like the Pikes Peak National Cemetery that is here in Colorado Springs. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that didn't happen by accident. That happened because some people really championed that, and Congressman Lamborn took that as his uh, project. And so for us to have be able to serve all of our veterans here in southern Colorado and have a national cemetery, wow, that is a wow. great accomplishment for a congressman yeah. to be able to achieve. And and that, and it has a little gazebo or something there, too, any kind of a structure. You can kind of a, Is that the one you had kind of have a, a funeral in there? Is that it? They have all the Same funerals. Yeah, yeah and then I, I they, did several there. I mean, it's just a great way to care yeah, for our, yeah. and honor our veterans. Well, we don't have to go to Denver. That's exactly yeah, what they yeah, had to bingo. do before. They yeah. had to go up over the uh, you know snowy Monument yeah, Hill. Yeah, and, yeah. So it's better— Another accomplishment yeah. is to be able to get the VA hospital here. Wasn't that a biggie, man? My son-in-law so, works there, so I'm well, grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> so with the number of veterans that we have here, and of yeah. course that still becomes a challenge. You always have to wrestle with bureaucracy, like yeah. a veterans. But the congressman has been able to help literally thousands of veterans get the services that they needed. That's what his office provides. And then, of course, the third massive accomplishment is what he's been able to do to advocate for Space Force and to oh, keep yeah. Space Man. Command right here wow. in Colorado Biggie. Springs. Biggie, big time, big time. We're grateful for that, and thank you for opening up your office, Jeff. Last week, as we met with the student leaders of our community, again, working together, mm-hmm. how can we make our, our community better? How can we connect the generations well, so that the youth and the olders can get together and and get together and have more power together. Well, Bob, let me give some details on that, because that was a, a, a ministry that you're very familiar with, Retirement Reformation, yeah. is trying to take a whole generation of people who have a lifetime of experience, and they have a lot of expertise, they have something to really offer our next young generation. Yeah. And instead of having, having a retirement mindset where they think that they're set on a shelf, how do we get them engaged with the coming generation? 
Well, we were able to get Retirement Reformation together with a bunch of youth pastors. Yeah. There's something in town called the One Network. Yep. The One Network is a bunch of youth pastors and youth ministry leaders who get together for Iron Sharpening Iron Fellowship. And uh, we were able to host them. Yeah, thank you. And talk about what it would look like to have intergenerational prayer. Yeah. Bob, can you imagine that if every church had a bunch of senior citizens who would adopt young children and, and students all the way through high school, and they would basically say, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to lay hands on you and bless you, and we're going to affirm and encourage you, and we're going to give you a phone call when we find out you're sick, we're going to send you a note for your birthday. I'm telling you, man, you would not have a hard time getting seniors to go to church if they had a reason to, to go to church yep, like yep, that. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's one of the great things our community is doing. God is doing a great work in our community and in our area and county. I want you to be aware of it, listener, and we're going to unpack more of this when we return. What a great place to live, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs. We're going to be talking some politics here. So if you want to call in, have a question or a comment, I'm going to open up the phones, Jeff. Be ready for some hot calls here. I tell you what, 844-500-9673. 844-500-9673. Jot that down. Not while you're driving. But yeah, that's funny, Bob. We just had a commercial that said, don't text and drive. And, and here I am. And then you're going to tell people to call. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I'm about as radical as you are. Eight four four five hundred nine six seven three. Jeff, how many how many guys are in this position? Boy, I don't know have? of any. You don't although, know of any. Although today, earlier yeah. today, I was at a Men with a Purpose luncheon here yeah. in town. A lot of people that listen are familiar with the Men with a Purpose. Pastor Nathan O'Neill okay. from up in Castle Rock in the Denver area. He's a longtime pastor. When uh, Congressman Ken Buck heard about the success that we've been having with Congressman Lamborn and representing him in the 5th Congressional District here, he wanted to find a pastor. And so he hired wow. someone to do the same kind of faith-based outreach. And where is that? Which district is that? I'm not familiar. Where? Well, that's that northern Colorado. So basically okay. the eastern well, plains of okay. Colorado. Wow. It includes Castle Rock. Good. Um, yeah, that's the one. Beautiful. That's the one that Lauren Bobert has jumped okay, into the race to, re, to replace Congressman Buck. Got it. Got it. Got you. Got you. Well, when we we're in the eighties, pastoring in Austin, Governor Clements uh, hired uh, Richard Land, who became the director of our Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. He's president of the convention now. Mm-hmm. He. That's the first time I heard of this. You know, I thought it was very, very unusual, but very needful. You know, somebody who connects with the community, especially Colorado Springs and nonprofits, a pastor in the military community. So what? Uh, while we're talking about it, what's what's your future? You've you've got a vision. I want our listeners to hear. Well, B- Bob, as you're talking about this, I believe that every member of Congress needs to have someone functioning this way in their district. Whether it's a senator or a member of Congress, I think that having a faith-based outreach to connect the whole faith community. And here's what's key. Uh, You talk about challenges to that, but we're not just talking about reaching out to the Baptist community or the evangelical community. We're talking about an opportunity to bring all people of faith and get them involved in what most troubles our community. Right. And the reason, Bob, I, I... I believe in this, and the reason I think that it'd be beneficial for everyone is because Washington, D.C. does not have the answer for the Mm -hmm. problems in Colorado Springs. And any of your listeners can say amen to that. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, Denver doesn't have the answers for what is troubling Colorado Springs. We as a faith community need to be involved, and we need to be be able to provide some solutions. 
And uh, and now for a congressman to go to Washington, D.C., to be able to do his legislative work, and but he has the freedom to stay involved with his community by having a, a faith, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, a faith who has uh, eyes, ears, and voice mm-hmm. representing him in the district. That's mm-hmm. what I basically get to do for Congressman Lamborn. I get to be his eyes, ears, and his voice interacting with the community. So here's my vision. Uh, whatever it is that God may have for my future, I, I just pray that the Lord will allow me of helping other members of Congress hire someone just like mm-hmm. the role that I serve. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bob, I think there's some value where we can help find the right person, and then we can train that person, coach him. We can help strategize. So I really would like to be able to work for a number of members of Congress to be able to replicate this role. Wow, that's great vision. Pray that would happen because we see it's value. It's value added. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you think in terms of religion and politics, uh, they don't really mix. But we we need to remember that our majority of our founding fathers were, I guess the majority were at, at least Deists, theists, a lot of them, most of them probably Christians, sure. and some of them pastors, People and they of faith. went into politics, so there's nothing wrong with the two being married. No, but the truth is, those two worlds don't even know how to communicate with each other. Wow. There's a need for a bridge, and that's what we've been able to accomplish. We've been able to accomplish a bridge where um, the faith community has a voice into those who are representing us. And then those who are representing us are able to. Another role, Bob, that I do is I get to tell people about the services that a congressional office provides. Yeah, help people. And so when, when yeah. people yeah. need help with Social Security, yeah, sure. someone called me today yeah. uh, from a church down mm-hmm. in the Fountain Valley, and they said, hey, I'm having these troubles with Social Security. They think that I'm some guy in Kentucky who got locked up, and, and they want to cancel my mm-hmm. Social Security because they think I'm in prison. Uh, f- f- missed identity. But he needs help with wow. Social Security wow. to get that thing straightened out. Our office is able to provide that kind of help. And when people are needing help with immigration issues, we step in and help with, with those kind of things. Any, anytime you're dealing with the federal government, Bob, you need an advocate. And that's what a representative's office is supposed to do. Boy, that, I appreciate you putting the human touch to this office and mm-hmm. and the personal touch, because after all, that's that's why we're here, to serve those who we represent. And you guys are doing it. Great job. Well, what do you see as... What do you see as the, the challenge to our community? What's the future look like? What do we need to be working on as a faith community, along with our politicians, our mayor? I'm sure it's on his heart as well. Talk to us about some challenges yeah. you see around the corner here well, the we first, need to be aware of. First thing I'm going to point out is a challenge that actually has a positive answer. Uh, education, the education of our young people has been a big, big challenge. And I think COVID highlighted the fact Man. that... Uh, yeah. Bureaucratic approach to gover- uh, to education doesn't have very good answers. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened, Bob, is as a result of that, a lot of Christian families and parents in our community started getting much more involved in education. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't care if they choose uh, home education options yeah. or a cottage school or a charter school or a public school. It doesn't or matter. a Christian school or hybrid, whatever, yeah. As long as parents are taking yeah. their responsibility yeah. 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 to bring up their you. children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's happening so right now we've got uh, Christian parents that are getting much more involved with school boards. Yep, I think that's yep. positive. D20, D11, got some W's there. A week ago I was at a, uh, yeah. a school choice fair where I couldn't believe the number of parents and students who had showed up to interact with all these different options of education. It was sponsored by a group called Parents Challenge. Mm. And Deborah Hendricks is a lady here mm-hmm. in town, a believer who's an expert in education, and she kind of helped coordinate that thing. I think it's very positive 
to see the changes in education that are happening because Christians are getting involved and, and taking back some of the control for their children's education. On the opposite side of that, I would come and say, boy, I'm going to agree with almost everyone else's voice that says mental health mm-hmm. is a big challenge in our community. And, and that would be the mental health of our seniors, which is a crisis, mental health of our students, which we know is a crisis. And that includes student suicide, yep. which is increasing again, unfortunately, Bob. We had seen some victory in that, but now it's, it's increasing yep. in numbers. We've got to address it. But then also a key element of our society or of our community is veterans, and the number of suicide among our veterans is just not acceptable, Bob. We've got to we got to address that. Yeah, and it's not going to be the VA who can answer it. It's going yeah. it's not going to be the government who has solutions. We've got to come along as the church and say, people, there's hope. Yep. And and Jesus has to be part of that solution to address suicide. Well, that's good. The mental health issue, the issues you're raising. I'm going to pose an allegory here, a picture, and see if you can help me out. Let's say let's say you and I are in a boat and we're going downstream, and and uh, people are flailing; they need help, and so we're. You've got the headwaters up here. You got the middle of the stream, and then you got a precipice at the end. We mm. know the precipice is down there, mm. so we're we're in the middle of the stream. We're trying to pull people out because they're going to be swept down this river, and we're pulling them into our boat. But then there's a boat right at the end of the waterfall. Mm. They're, they're at the end. They're trying. They're trying to pull them off because they're going to go over the edge. Mm-hmm. And that 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 you need to kind of have them there at the end, and you need people in the middle. But, Jeff, what we need in this analogy, in this allegory, is people at the headwaters mm-hmm. to keep people from falling in the river. That's good. So what can we do? I see you and me at this point. We're kind of in the middle here. What are the headwaters, briefly, we can deal before people start falling in the river and getting on down the river? Well, the the two that come to my mind, first is isolation. People yep. are isolated. Yep. There's a lack of relationship. And we're we're just reaping the whirlwind after COVID um, oh, kind of popularized Separated. isolation. Yeah. Uh, so number one, we got to get people off of social media and off of technology. We got to get them interacting face to face, eye to eye, heart to heart. That's where the church comes in, right? I believe that that's exactly true. Right. What's the other one? You said isolation. The second. So, one so the second one would be addiction. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is. Yeah. I think I think we have imposed mm-hmm. our own mental health problem by doing things like legalizing marijuana. Oh, man. And I'm sure God there's helps. people who are listening to us who may disagree with us about yeah. this. But I'm telling you, man, when it comes to addictions, yep. and when it comes to even the use of marijuana, we've got a serious problem yep. in this community. Yep. Let the church be the church to get people squared away helping others in community and off drugs and getting us healthy again. We'll, when we come back, we'll talk about some national politics. Call us if you like. 844-500-9673. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back, Colorado Springs, to Crosswalks. My joy to have my good friend Jeff Anderson in the studio. We're having more fun than Christians ought to have, and a partner in ministry, uh, Jeff Thank you for what you're doing. You're Don't, making a difference, yeah. and we appreciate you. It's a full-time job, and I appreciate all the energy and the vision and the passion you have for your work. Well, you're welcome, and what a joy to do it, Dr. Bob. Thanks for having me on for this well, discussion today. You bet, you bet. You bet. Been looking forward to it. What else do we—you have one other item on your heart yeah. that is a is crucial— well, to the health of a community, health of a church, sure. the health of a nation. What well, is it? And the truth is, uh, Dr. Bob, you're talking about going off and visiting about national politics. 
But the reality is I, I care much more for a local community, and I think our local community has the solutions far more than national well, politics. Well, all politics is local. Everyone it wants to get together and talk about this national yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, there's, there's another issue of what's going on in our community that I think relates both to the addiction issue that I already addressed. Yep. And by the way, the addiction issue I'm talking about is not just alcohol, marijuana, but a lot of them were prescribed medications. Mm, and what we're the, doing with our veterans, and we're throwing yeah, so many yeah. medications at them, yep. is really exacerbating the mental health problem. Right. That, that's something we need to address. But I think the core of any of that, whether it's isolation or addiction, I think the core is the breakdown of the family. Bob, mm. I think that the biggest need we have is for the, for the church to preach what the Bible says about marriage and family. Yep. And we've got to get back to just recognizing what the, what the Bible has said about marriage and family is absolutely essential. I yep. mean, when the Bible, Jesus used the analogy. He said, a wise man builds his house on a rock. And even though the rain's going to fall and the mm-hmm. wind's going to blow and the storm's going to beat against that house, that house will stand firm if it's built on, on a rock. Yep. We need to get back to building our marriages and our families on the rock, which is the Word of God. We yep. need to follow what the Word of God says. Yep. Good word, good word. Fatherlessness is epidemic. As you know, you're in the prison ministry. Most mm-hmm. of them didn't have a dad or at least an absentee one. And so, yeah, let's get back to the basics, the yeah. basic of our city, of our county, of our nation, of the church is the family. Let's keep them strong. And and let's, uh, as we were talking earlier, let's, let's, let's just don't raise kids, keep them off drugs. Yeah. Let's raise world changers. Well, Bob... Most most significant accomplishment I have in Colorado Springs right now is not working for the congressman or pastoring a church. It's raising five children who yep. are good citizens yep. right yep. here in Colorado Springs. And yep. I know, how, how many children do you have? Yeah, we've got three here in the city as well, and two of yours are on staff at churches, aren't they? Well, I have a son who's a family pastor at Vista Grande Baptist. Yep. I have a daughter who's the senior high associate at First Presbyterian Church. That's great. I got yeah. other kids. I got another daughter who is the... Uh, uh, Alyssa Dwyer is the event coordinator for Life Network. Oh, All these great. kids are involved in the community, you and they're bet. making a difference. Another yeah. son is coaching basketball. The most significant contribution, Dr. Bob, that you and I can make in this community is to raise children, to love the Lord, to serve, to build their house on a rock, yep. and, and then to um, to use their talents to serve our community. You bet. Raise, I'm raise sorry. I, I don't mean to be preaching too much, my friend, but I think this is the most important thing we could talk about. Yeah, yeah. You, you got it. You got it. Well, let's move national, kind of stepping on thin ice here. We're, we're in a mess. What's, what's Lamborn's take on, on the national scene? What's the Lamborn's take on the national scene? Well, I, I told you he's retired. <laughs> and I think that that tells you a little something. About, that tells you a little something about what the national scene is like. Listen, man, it's discouraging to yeah, go to Washington, D.C. I, I, I hate to be negative, but, man, God help us. Well, I mean, the problem is... Our, People who should be working together on the same team are shooting at each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I'll tell you, and that's and it's the Republicans. If they, if we could just, I'm sorry, I'm going to get into it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. If we can just get our act together, you mm-hmm. know, here we are. I'll get to the Democrats in a minute. <laughs> yeah, here we are. You know, uh, James Lankford. You know, three months ago, the Republicans are after him. Hey, we need to fix fix the border issue. You know, and he works his tail off. He works over Christmas. He works over New Year. And he presents something. By now, you know, it's totally politicized. We don't want even to go there. You know, of course, James was my was my intern in Austin. Oh. So I, I, I texted him. I said, James, God bless you, man. I'm sorry you're going through this, praying for you. He's, you know what his response was? I have no idea. Well, you you don't. You wouldn't know. I haven't told you. <laughs> tell me. Tell me, Bob. <laughs> he said, Bob, pray for our nation. 
we need Jesus. Oh, what man. what what a truism. God help us, you know. Well, and even Christians are getting twisted off. They're, he's getting, those, they're getting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. We're yeah. pledging allegiance to the wrong flag here, and we're getting a cart before the horse, you know. Well, trying let's to think, be honest. As you say, Washington be the answer. We're not fighting liberals. We're not yeah, fighting yeah, yeah. Democrats. We are fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We need to have some family squabbles. We yeah, need to yeah. be able to get in a sure, closed yeah. room and work yeah. things out. But yeah. when we come out of that room, we got to have a united front. Yeah, yeah. And that's not happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Just pray we can get together and get something going. Yeah. Because we're just kind of uh, at a standstill. I I would say to 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 the Republicans, hey, let's let's get our act together. Let's be compassionate conservatives. Hmm. Let's. Uh, have have concern for people. There's position and posture, Jeff. We can take a position mm-hmm. and yet have a posture of of concern and help to the individual. And I'd say uh, that that's be on our side, man. Bob, we need to work on that. Your programs come full circle. Moses was a man who was more humble than any other man. Yep, yep, yep. And, and that right. that doesn't mean he wasn't committed to law. I mean, he yeah, handed sure. he yeah. handed the Ten Commandments. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. talk about some force of personality, man. Yeah. He got got the Ten Commandments directly from God, brought them down. But he was a humble man who was still able to be strong. What we need right now yeah. are people who are able to be confident, yep. be, have some biblical answers, yep. but also present them with humility. And that's what you just talked about. The now, posture you, has to be humble. I tell you what, James Langford, Doug Lamborn are two cases in point. And may their tribe increase. You know, Jesus said, Jeff, my, my kingdom's not of this world. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity. Let I would say, cut into the chase, let the church be the church. Jeff, we can't we can't pay Congress and, and let Washington do our work for us. That's As true. a church, we have to take a stand on moral issues. They say you can't you can't legislate morality. Mm-hmm. Well murder is morality, immorality. You can legislate murder, you can legislate anything. Mm-hmm. And so let's our country was was you might disagree with me. I don't think there's anything such thing as a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I believe our our country was founded on Christian principles, and because of that, God's blessed us. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the let's be principle driven, mm-hmm. and let's get back to the morals that made our country great. We're just uh, we're on thin ice, and like you say, let's help and pray that our leaders, our politicians, can get together and get something done. So, in in agreeing with you, I think you would also agree with me that righteousness does exalt That's a nation. Right. Absolutely. So, if we come back and realize, man, yeah. you know, when it comes to morality and yeah. righteousness. And things like this, uh, the the definition of a male and female, yeah. or the definition of marriage, and what marriage yeah. is supposed to be, or or where human sexuality should be practiced, definition of a family. I mean, look, these are biblical yes. issues, yes. and the church just can't be silent on right, this stuff. Right. Yeah, we've got to take a stand. At the same time, Jeff, mm-hmm. we've got to do what Jesus called the church to do. I believe the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. If we get out there... And win people to Jesus and disciple them. You never know; they might wind up in, in the Senate or in Congress and represent us the way God has planned for it to be. Well, I sure am glad you mentioned Moses because he gives me the hope that you can you can have some answers and you can be firm in your conviction, but you can also do it with humility. And yeah, yeah. And, and may that guy's tribe increase. You bet. You bet. I appreciate hey, was... you mentioning that, Doctor Bob. I mean, that's really a, just set the tone for our day. Thank you for that. Well, you bet. You bet. Pray for our nation. Vote values mm-hmm. and to, and man, 
And get off social media. That one? Get off social media and riding your high horse, man. Yep. I have a friend who said, I'm getting off social media till after the election. They're just so tired of all this, you know, more heat than light. Let's yeah. dial it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. We can be humble. We can have convictions. Rather than, I think what's happening, Jeff, we are in a position of fear. Mm-hmm. And anger. No, let's go with love and respect. Let's pray for our country. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. There is hope. Let the church be the church. Well, Jeff, I'm sorry. Man, our time had just gone so quick. One thing you'd say to our listeners, what would it be, Jeff Anderson? Hey, you build your life upon a rock. Build on the solid rock of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. That's the hope for your family. That's the hope for your business. That's the hope for this community. Amen. If we all do that, this place would be a better place. God bless you, Jeff. Thanks for what you're doing. Listeners, I'll see you tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, right here. The God I serve knows only how to triumph. 100.7 The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 